This is Cruise Control. Control. Your on-air automotive magazine with co-hosts Fred Staub and Les Jackson. Control. Everything you need to know about new and used cars. Control. Industry news. We'll fix or repair your car on the air. Control. Fasten your seatbelts and let us take the wheel. Now, your ride is about to begin. Control. Because you're on Cruise Control. Cruise Control. Cruise Control. That's right. You are about to begin on Cruise Control Radio, your on-air automotive magazine. Hello, everyone. I'm Fred Staub at the wheel of the Cruise Control van. Les Jackson's over there. Uh, He seems to be creating a small electrical fire. Isn't that right, Uh, Les? Well, the uh, heater that I put on the window doesn't seem to work. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Well, Well, we'll get back to that, but Les, we've got a lot to get to this hour. And we're starting with Fiat bringing an end to a model that relaunched the brand in the U.S. We were just talking about this before the show. You said it's been about eight years since they've come to... been about about eight years. It's a very cute car, but sadly, people just aren't buying it. So say goodbye to the Fiat 500, and that's virtually all versions except the uh, L and the crossover. Man, oh man. Well, that's going to be an empty dealership. But on the other side, who knew? Who knew? BMW's new Model 3 is quite the economy car. Yeah. Amazing. (laughs) Well, we'll talk about that. Yep. And talking tech, one company has a plan for a three-dimensional cockpit display. We'll tell you what that buys you. Wow, and the oil filter gets an update. There's a there's an old piece of technology. Yeah, oil filters and windshield wipers. I think that's uh, some of the uh, oldest uh, bits of technology still on cars. We'll talk about that. And while we're at it, Les, speaking of oil, we're all familiar with viscosity ratings like 10W40 or 5W30. But did you know there's a big change coming to motor oil? To cue us in, we'll talk to Kevin Ferrick, Director of API Product Programs. Interesting, right? It's very interesting. There's a tr- We are going to attempt to teach everyone everything there is to know about oil in 20 minutes. Uh, slippery <laughs> it's business. Gonna, it's going to be tough. Yeah, all that and a whole lot more when we get rolling on this edition of Cruise Control Radio your on-air automotive magazine. And don't forget, don't forget, you can go over to cruisecontrolradio.com. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. It's all there at cruisecontrolradio.com. So a lot coming up, Les. Do you remember when the 500 came out, Fiat 500? I sure do. And, um, you know, it came out in some really cute, uh, very, very, uh, very, very um, nostalgic colors. Mm-hmm. And uh, the little cabriolet. Yep. And uh, it, people were, were pretty excited about it. They were, but it, you know, maybe it was too nostalgic. <laughs> yeah, probably. Probably it was. All right. Well, hey, when we come back, we're going to tell you about the uh, Fiat 500 and that brand new BMW that gets, believe it or not, over 40 miles to the gallon. We'll be right back on Cruise Control Radio with Fred Staub and Liz Jackson. 
Listen to the live feed of Cruise Control Radio every Saturday at 10 a.m. Eastern. Go to www.cruisecontrolradio.com to find out how to do it. Is your car starting to show its age? Over time, paint becomes oxidized, faded, and scratched. But you can restore that tired paint and repair those scratches with the paint restoration system from 3M. It's an affordable way to make those repairs in your garage in just one afternoon with basic tools. The kit contains all of the restoration products and polishing pads you need to bring your vehicle's paint back to like-new condition. For more information, visit www.3mcarcare.com. Cruise Control. Welcome back to Cruise Control. Les Jackson here at the wheel of the Fiat 500. We, uh, <laughs> we, we thought we would just take, we take a last drive in it. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Well, uh, big news Too here. Bad. Yeah, big yeah. news from uh, Fiat 500, uh, from the Fiat folks. Uh, the uh, 500 hatchback and cabrio are being discontinued. Uh, now, you will still be able to get the 500X, the crossover, the raised-up version of it. And uh, you'll still be able to get the 124 Spider and the 500L, but that's it. And the L was not one of their more popular models, was it? No, I have not seen one on the road. Uh, I have not seen one on the road either. So, And, and by the way, it's, it's more significant that when I say that because there's a Fiat dealer one mile from where I'm sitting. Hmm. Well, and not, you would think you'd see a bunch. You're not going to nope. have much to talk about here. Uh, the 124 Spider, uh, that that is nice, but does that make a whole brand? Well, now, no, it can't. You know, and uh, the X is a nice little crossover, but there's many other vehicles that are available, right? Well, that's true. I do like the X. Uh, I might be one of the very few reviewers who, who really does like the X, but uh, but I do. And and by the way, I prefer the 124 Spider to the uh, Miata. And the this means that the Abarth will go away too. The uh, the fun 500 yeah. that, that will all go away. Um, do you think these things will be collectible or no? I don't think so. I, I, I think, uh, first of all, the entire collector car market is dropping, mm-hmm. uh, consistently dropping. Uh, and secondly, it was just a little bit, uh, the, the new, the 500 is just a wee bit too identical to the original Cinquecento. Right. We all uh, learned to say that eight years That's ago. That's right. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm Italian, so naturally... You, you were just saying that word when you were born. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, but so and it, and I think it it was it because they were so really uh, faithful to the original design. They made it just a little bit too small. Yeah. Yeah. Well, listen. Look at this. <laughs> you just look at some of these sales numbers. Uh, this is from an automotive news article. The 500L, which they're actually keeping. Uh, has only sold 399 editions in the U.S. That's through just, June. That's a drop horrible. of 56% from last year. Mm. And again, I have not seen one on the road. Wow. Uh, and and the, 
I see very few 500Xs. Wow. And the 500X uh, has just 1,484 sales this year. This is crazy. Yeah, and that's that's a drop of fifty four percent. And and you know the the dealership that I'm talking about locally here just finished building their their dealership. Wow. And uh, and now they sell Maserati as well, so uh, they'll probably be okay. But it it's just you know, it, it's just a shame. And and then of course there was the uh, 500e, which still people say is one of the cheapest electric cars you can get into. It was sold basically in California, but um, you know a lot of them uh, migrated uh, east. I've seen some of them around, uh, yeah. and you can get into an electric car with about a hundred mile range for probably seven thousand dollars. Yep, uh, less than ten for sure. Yeah, uh, especially a used one. Yeah. Uh, and if I if I were looking for a little little local driving electric car, that's I'd go buy one of those right now. Well, the other thing you could do too, uh, which we're going to talk about in a little bit, is you could take that uh, and take that drivetrain out and put it in something else, a little bit more exciting, you know? Yeah, that's right. Uh, and have have a engineered drivetrain, electric drivetrain. But uh, will the brand continue less? I. Don't see it continuing in the U.S. I I think it was, well, I think it was a good idea to bring it in. It, it certainly touched on a lot of uh, middle-aged and older people that used to buy Fiats back in the '60s. Mm-hmm. But um, the, the 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 general buying public is only interested in big SUVs and. Um, just larger everything. Yeah, and they have not—they uh, have not really rolled out any bigger uh, SUVs, and probably no. are not going to do it. Hey, when we come back, we'll talk about BMW becoming a mileage champ. We'll also talk some tech about a uh, three-dimensional cockpit display that may be coming to a dashboard near you. All that and more when Cruise Control Radio returns. For the latest updates on Cruise Control, follow us on Twitter at Cruise Control Rad. That's C-R-U-I-S-E-C-T-R-L-R-A-D. Cruise Control Rad. Cruise Control. Welcome back to Cruise Control Radio, your on-air automotive magazine with Fred Staub and Les Jackson. Check us out at cruisecontrolradio.com. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. It's all there. And uh, Les, we are talking about the BMW 3 Series. Got a little test from Car and Driver. And uh, the BMW 330i is a bit of an MPG champion, isn't it? It is for sure. Uh, kind of surprised everybody, and I think even a few people inside BMW. <laughs> yeah, um, forty-two miles to the gallon at a consistent seventy-five miles an hour. So real-world testing. <laughs> that's pretty impressive. Um, and 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 what's I think the reason I, they surprised the inside BMW people is that the 530e hybrid is is only running at 38 miles per gallon. 
Wow, <laughs> that, that is surprising. What's going yeah, on it, there, it's, right? It's a bigger, bigger car, but still. Yeah, uh, I don't think that they actually were hoping for that. No, no, and I've driven that uh, BMW 530e hybrid. It's a great car. Yeah, I, I've is. done better than 38 miles in that, um, but I wasn't traveling at 75 probably. But um, the 330i comes with a two-liter turbo four. Uh, 255 horsepower, 295 pound-feet of torque, um, and does it uh, does it in a fine fashion? Apparently, uh, 42 miles to the gallon. If someone can keep their BMW below 75 <laughs> on the highway, that's that's right. You, um, you know, you the I'm gas impressed. sloshes around when you change lanes that quickly. You know, as they do. It, it does, and when you're breaking for the uh, radar trap up ahead. <laughs> does this sound like you? I'm not necessarily speaking from personal experience, but uh, here on the East Coast, on the interstates, um, it's pretty normal for all the traffic to be moving at 75. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely, it is. It is. I mean, it's more real-world wor- testing than 65, for sure, for sure. But um, And uh, it's got some sticky tires, too, apparently. Uh, yeah. Uh, Michelin Pilot Sport 4S tires. Um, so it came in just two miles uh, lighter in the MPG department than the current Toyota Camry Hybrid. And <clears throat> it even... Outperformed the Jaguar XE with a diesel engine. Great car, the XE. You don't see them around at all, do you? No, you don't. And you're right. Uh, great car, long, long range on a tank. Uh, but, you know, diesels are getting even more unpopular than than they got during Dieselgate. That's right. That's right. Yeah. You know, it's uh, kind of scary, too. Um, you know, we have the Frankfurt Auto Show coming up uh pretty soon and there was lots of groups saying they're going to go to the public days and destroy the cars oh wow because they don't want any car burning gasoline so they figured they'll just destroy the cars that are there i don't know in frankfurt if it's like uh, the u.s shows where you can get in them and you know sit there and kind of basically it's there to try to sell you a car so you can try out a lot of cars at one time um but they are on guard for this because uh, they, well, they yeah, could, is... could be doing a lot of damage. So I mean, I I don't mind uh, protest signs. Uh, you know, I, that's I think fine. Everybody that's... has a point of view, and that's fine. But destroying property, you know, you just well, can't justify that. No, and it's typically uh, something you go to jail for for destroying. Yes, something. you can go to jail for it. Yeah. Hey, let's talk a little tech. Uh, Bosch is working on 3D interactive cockpit displays. So if <laughs> it would be like, you know, the little car that's under your speedometer sometimes, uh, uh, or right. per- perhaps the, um, you know, how they have uh, the uh, symbols in the car for showing you how far apart your adaptive cruise control uh, is set, how many car lengths. Well, this could be kind of projected into the cabin of the car in a three-dimensional way. Bosch says this will allow realistic effects with no 3D glasses 
And uh, we could see this coming to the Audi um, TT soon and in the Audi Quattro. Um, and uh, they, well, I, I take that back. They introduced the first digital displays in the Audi Quattro and Audi TT, but this could be coming to other Audis in the future. Uh, and the idea is that these 3D displays would um, make you uh, pay attention more. In other words, if there's a, uh, a an issue up ahead, traffic up ahead, you get a, a warning that's three-dimensional, that's kind of floating in space. Um, it, it's, I guess, the next step beyond a head-up display, right? It is. Um, and they are correct. You know, when you have a 3D display... Um, when it comes at you, you, you just, uh, the human brain notices that much more than it does a two-dimensional mm. display. Do you think people will be like turning their head and worried something's flying at them? Do you think it'll be too much? Um, I think it, it may take a few minutes to get used to it. Yeah. But then, uh, you know, then I think you're fine. And it's a great idea, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, now, the interesting thing is that somebody at, at uh, Bosch used an, a word. They said realistic-looking visual information can be grokked faster. What does that mean? Well, grok comes from a, a popular book in the 1960s called Stranger in a Strange Land. <laughs> wow. When this Martian came to Earth and and he, he taught people to basically to comprehend. Grokking is comprehending. I think they're using a word that most people don't care about. Yeah, I, I had no idea what that was, but I will. I will put that down as my uh, my learn something learned <laughs> today. You, you have you have grokked. I have grokked. Yeah. So 3D head-up displays they will be shown uh, actually next week at the Frankfurt Motor Show if somebody doesn't smash the dash. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so um, pretty cool. Pretty cool. We're going to be talking about oil uh, after the break um, yep. with uh, Kevin Ferrick, who is director of the API product programs. It's a very interesting um, topic because you may be using the wrong oil in your engine, which is not a good thing to do. And oil ratings are changing. We'll explain it all, and Kevin will explain it all. But in the meantime, there's some new oil filter tech. Uh, Richard Truitt uh uh, wrote an interesting uh, article for Automotive News. Uh, and it's about uh, a reusable oil filter. Instead of like throwing it away, there's this company called Hub Filters. It's designed to be cleaned and reused, the oil filter. So when you were changing oil, you would drop the filter, clean it, however you would clean it. It's a stainless steel filter that can uh, capture debris as small as 5 microns. Uh, and it supposedly improves oil flow and lengthens the life of the motor oil. It's a pretty cool-looking piece. We have a picture of it. it looks sort of like a, a billet, uh, billet aluminum or billet stainless steel uh, type of uh, device there. Um, what do you think? I mean, could this eventually replace the need for filters now the key thing is here how do you get people to do this because filters are less than 10 bucks in most cases right they are i i uh, i i really am skeptical about being able to clean the oil that well there are an awful lot of toxins and and uh and uh, heavy metals in oil 
right? Yeah, and uh, I just i I'd have to see this. <laughs> you would have to see this, yeah, um, yeah. I, I, it's something to check out in the future. They they are pitching it the hub company for fleets, uh, and uh, there's one fleet that they're trying uh, it out with that has 2,200 vehicles. They estimate that operator can reduce oil related maintenance costs by 40 percent so there you go you and me doesn't matter you change that filter every couple of thousand miles or more depending on your oil uh and it costs us like uh, 10 bucks so there you have it hey when we come back kevin ferrick is going to clear that up about oil the oil you should be buying for your car whether it's old or new so stay tuned to cruise control radio we'll be right back Cruise Control Radio goes live every Saturday starting at 10 a.m. Eastern. To listen, click the link on our homepage. Go to www.cruisecontrolradio.com. Cruise Control. And welcome back to Cruise Control, your on-air automotive magazine from Fred Staub and Les Jackson. We are glad you're along for the ride. Don't forget, check us out at CruiseControlRadio.com, where you can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. It's all there, CruiseControlRadio.com. And uh, Les, you know, we always like to keep our audience up to date on what to buy. We talk a lot about what cars to buy and some of the new things coming out, some of the new technology. Oil. Motor oil may be changing, the ratings may be changing, and you want to use the right oil in your engine because not using the right oil is not a good thing. Um, And uh, we want to know more about these new ratings for uh, engine oil, and that comes uh, to us, the information is going to come to us by uh, Kevin Ferrick, who is director of uh, API Product Programs, the American Petroleum Institute. Kevin, welcome to Cruise Control Radio. Oh, thank you very much. Pleasure to be here. Now, my first question is, uh, okay, when you say these ratings are changing, we're used to going to the store, you see what's called the viscosity rating, 5W30, 10W40, etc. Is that what's changing, or is something else changing? No, the viscosities aren't changing. Um, uh, Viscosity is just uh, the measure of uh, of, uh, how an oil will flow at uh, given temperatures. Um, it's an important. It's an important thing. It's uh, because engines are designed um, around the viscosity that uh, that's recommended for them. Um, so, for example, if you drive a, if you, it, today, if you're driving any any North American or Japanese car today, they're generally recommending uh, some lower viscosity engine oils like a 5W20 or a 0W20, and that's that's essentially the the oil that uh, that engine is expecting to see. Um, and it's the oil that that engine is uh, designed to operate with. Um, it's also the oil that, uh, you know, it's, it, it's an indication of how that oil is going to perform at certain temperatures. So, like, for example, here in, um, in the mid-Atlantic region, uh, you, you're going to use a, a light multigrade uh, engine oil like a 5W20 or 0W20 generally uh, because you want it to operate at cold temperature and then you want it to operate at normal operating temperature once the engine gets warm and, and is running. Um, when we talk about uh, what's changing, so viscosity is not changing, uh, but what is changing is the performance standards. So 
for people to understand, um, API has uh, the American Petroleum Institute has actually been in the business of setting standards for engine oils for a, more than 70 years. Um, and when we say uh, the standards, uh, the easiest way to tell people what that is, you just look for the letter designations on engine oils. So that alphabet suit that they see uh, when you see something like APISN, that's uh, S for, um, for service. Um, some uh, would say for spark ignited engines, but S for service. Uh, C uh, for commercial, which is a diesel engine oil. Um, and then another letter. In this case, SN is the most current standard that's in effect. Um, so S is in Sam, N is in Nancy. Um, and that standard's actually been in effect for almost 10 years. Um, and essentially, that is the, uh, the performance level uh, that API uh, worked with industry. So that means the oil, oil companies, the, the oil manufacturers, uh, the additive companies, those are the companies that uh, make the chemistries that uh, help engine oils perform the way they do, uh, and the automotive industry. Um, and if I can, if I can interrupt you for a second there, Kevin. Sure. Uh, we we want our listeners to understand that oil isn't just oil. It's not, you know, just this gooey stuff you throw in the engine and it lubricates the engine. There's tremendous amount of chemistry in there that the engineers who designed the engines and the industry itself. Uh, have to have to create it's a it's a, a kind of a witch's brew of very precise things that keep an engine running right and you guys uh, are at the forefront of making sure this is standardized right mm -hmm. that is correct uh, actually witch's brew is a good way to put it uh, <laughs> engine oil is actually a it's a combination of what we call base stock um, which is about 80 percent of 80 percent of the oil is base stock and then there's what they call additives, um, and and that, that's that's uh, various uh, chemical components that are put into engine oils uh, so that the engine oils do what they're supposed to do. Um, and and by doing that, what I mean by that is um, industry works hard, and that so that means the automakers, the oil companies, the additive companies, they work together to to develop a series of tests uh, that are used to measure. Uh, an engine oil's performance and to make sure that the engine oil can meet a certain level of performance that the automobile needs. Um, and, and it is, to get there, it's a witch's brew, and, and there's actually more than one way to do it. Uh, there's multiple ways to make an engine oil. Uh, the ultimate goal is to have the right combination of base stock and additive mm -hmm. uh, so that the oils uh, pass the test. And and if the oils can pass the tests that industry has developed, um, consumers can be assured that the engine oil will perform as it's expected to in their engine, which means it's going to protect it against wear. It's going to help it get better fuel economy. Right. It's going to protect it against some other things that can occur um, in today's engine. So now this rating, this is the rating, What this is what people have to look for. The ratings are going to change a little bit. And you, you want to make sure that you have the right rating for your vehicle. And, and sometimes it depends on the old, ve if you have an old vehicle or a new vehicle, right? 
It sounds like uh, we're getting yeah. an oil delivery where you are. <laughs> yeah, the thing the thing that people want to pay attention to today in in uh, in the North American market and the Japanese market too, and actually globally, really, um, most engine manufacturers are going to recommend an oil that meets an API standard. Um, and then we we make it fairly easy for consumers to find them because there's actually a symbol that uh, API awards to companies that prove to us that their oils meet our standard. Um, and it's called we call it the Starburst. It actually sits on the front label of most of the um, oils that are being recommended for North American and Japanese automobiles. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you're standing in a if you're standing in your favorite uh, uh, store that carries automotive um, automotive uh, things, um, including engine oils. Um, you're going to look at the bottles and you're going to see an API mark on them. So for okay. for most consumers, that's their way of finding the oil that's likely recommended for their car, and that could be even for older cars because today's engine oils are what for gasoline engine cars and trucks are essentially what we call backward compatible. Right. Um, so the, the newest engine oils can be used in the older vehicles. But the older and oil can't be used in the newer no, vehicles. No, never. <laughs> never come it this way. It doesn't work with... that way. Right. It doesn't work in reverse. <laughs> um, the old, the, you don't want to use a, a lower performing engine oil in a new engine. Um, here, this... And, uh, Oh, go ahead, Les. I was, oh, gonna... I was just going to say also, you know, you really need to know what uh, type of oil, uh, what standards you, you, you need in your car. And the way you find that is you look in the owner's manual mm-hmm. for for the oil specification. Don't guess at it because uh, it could cost you a lot of money. It should be on the oil fill cap, too which would hopefully oh, be, be the yeah. one that came yeah. with the vehicle. <laughs> well, ironically, some a lot of automakers will put viscosity on there. Um, mm-hmm. Some of them will put the API symbol on there. Mm-hmm. Um, but what we do caution people that um, when you're buying an engine oil, it's not just viscosity that you're, that you're buying because, quite frankly, sometimes, sometimes uh, engine oils, they might they might say they they're a particular viscosity, but they might be of a they might be they, they may not be licensed by API, which isn't necessarily it's, our programs are voluntary, so companies can choose to be licensed or not. But you really need to pay attention to what performance is being recommended, and in this case, the most current one is SN. Um, so if, but so if it's got a starburst on it today, and it, Consumers, what they need to look for is they look in their owner's manual, and they're likely going to see an API symbol in there, the Starburst. And as long as they're using the viscosity that's recommended and an oil carrying that API Starburst, they're probably going to be fine. Mm-hmm. Now, and, the and other that... thing we always like to recommend to people is, um, you know, we're kind of – we've really evolved into a do-it-for-me do um kind of culture we, we it used to be that you know people would go out and do it their, themselves it, uh, they'd go out and change their own engine oil uh, people aren't doing that as much today um, in fact w- uh, certainly more than half of the of car owners are just taking their cars to get oil changes um, it's important that if they're getting one done um, it they should be asking the service provider what oil they're using because remember some of that oil may be coming out of a bulk tank 
Um, now that oil might be is going to be fine, but you really want to know what the, what oil you're getting. All right. Well, Kevin, hold it there. We'll be right back with Kevin Ferrick of the API Product Programs, American Petroleum Institute. When we come back on Cruise Control Radio with Fred Staub and Les Jackson, stay tuned. There's plenty more information coming up. We'll be right back. Cruise Control Radio goes live every Saturday starting at 10 a.m. Eastern. To listen, click the link on our homepage. Go to www.cruisecontrolradio.com. Feeling a little dim? Don't blame your brain or the weather. Hazy headlights may be the problem. Hazed or cloudy plastic headlights can reduce your vehicle's visibility on the road making it very difficult to see the road and for other cars to see you. Now you can restore plastic headlight lenses to like new clarity with the Lens Renewal Kit from 3M, an easy-to-use solution for removing the yellowing and hazing that reduces headlight performance and visibility. For more information, visit www.3mcarcare.com. Cruise Control. And welcome back to Cruise Control Radio, your on-air automotive magazine with Fred Staub and Les Jackson. We're glad you're along for the ride. Getting some great information from Kevin Ferrick, who is uh, with the American Petroleum Institute. The uh, He's director of their API product programs. We're talking about oil, motor oil. Of course, we're familiar with viscosity, but what uh, Kevin's telling us about is the uh, looking for the API Starburst and SN is are the letters you're supposed to look for, right? Uh, right, Kevin. Right until uh, until next year when we roll out uh, SP. SP. Uh, okay. Now, now, SP. now Kevin, it uh, SN it, is that all passenger cars or or is diesel different? Diesel's different. Uh, diesels carry the, the letter C uh, for commercial. Uh, okay. Uh, so, so the current standard for diesel oils is CK4. CK4. So you notice that Kevin has all of these letters in his mind. <laughs> <That's>... <laughs> and, and there's a huge chart we have to look at to figure <laughs> this out. But this is all the more important in knowing what oil is going into your car. Yeah, and and we were talking before the break, uh, Kevin, a lot of people uh, no longer DIY it when it comes to oil changes. So you go into your local place and you're like, hey, I need an oil change, and there's a, a hose hanging from the ceiling, and they're like, yep, I'll, put it, I'll fill it up with oil. And you really don't know what's in there, do you? Well, you're, you are trusting that the uh, oil that was pumped into that bulk tank, um, so a two, three, four hundred gallon tank that's in the, that uh, oil change location. Um, and bear in mind, it could be a car dealership, it could be it could be a quick lube, it could be a service station. Right. Uh, you're trusting that they've handled that oil appropriately to make sure that it doesn't get commingled, say, with uh, something something else or a, or a different viscosity even. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it's it's really you know I am always amazed when I when I I sit and I because of my line of work I'll spend time watching uh, various like a facility doing an oil change for example and mm-hmm. I'm always amazed that people don't at least find out what brand they're about to get pumped into their car or truck right. and and I think that's a really important question um, but you know before you go into the waiting room and and uh, see if the coffee's fresh you should take a moment. <laughs> And ask the service provider exactly what oil they're about to put in your car or truck, because it, it's particularly important to know 
if you're under warranty. Um, because your that, that warranty requirement basically says you're supposed to maintain the vehicle, and that includes right. getting oil changes right. when the car says it's time for an oil change. Now, you would think taking it to the dealer to do that, that they would put the right oil in, right? You, you would think, except that, remember, in, in certainly here in the, in the United States, dealers are independent businesses. Mm-hmm. Um, they, if they are providing warranty service, they're supposed to use the oil. They're supposed to use a particular brand of oil because mm-hmm. if, if it's a Ford dealer, for example, they're supposed to be using uh, Motorcraft. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I would say you probably find most dealers, most car dealers are generally buying uh, the oil, uh, an oil that is recommended by, they're going to buy the oil recommended uh, by the manufacturer. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it is always a good idea to ask what, what am I about to get into my car or truck? Right, right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I, I have a question on oil, Kevin, in general. Um, how long, is there a shelf life to oil? Uh, if I'm talking about sealed bottles, you know, like, like you bought a case of oil and you didn't use all of it. Is there a shelf life to it if it's kept, uh, you know, covered up in, uh, in the original factory seal? Or can you use it, you know... When you open it, its shelf life starts, I guess. Um, you could actually oil. Oil really doesn't have a shelf life per se. It 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 really the bigger issue is if you know if you've got a bottle of oil that's ten years old in your in your garage, mm-hmm. um, and even if it's been kept out of the elements and it's been maintained, um, you have to make sure that that bottle of oil meets the standard for the car that you're about to pour it into, mm-hmm. um, because you could have a you know, if you have an, an older oil um, that uh, that may not be of the same performance level as the oil that's in your car at the time, um, that's actually the bigger issue. Okay. Now, can an oil sit for a while and could certain additive elements begin to drop out a little bit? Uh, possibly. Uh, mm-hmm. That could happen over time, but we're talking a long time. <laughs> um, it's not like it's not like a bottle of it's not like milk. Um, right, right. <laughs> it's it's going to hold up. It's going to hold up pretty well for a long time. Gotcha. Especially if it's which sealed. is which is good to know. But you got to remember, you know, if you have an old collector car, uh, and you're putting uh, old uh, what was that SH uh, oil that was mm-hmm. great until 1996. OBD2 cars came in. You don't dare put that in a no. in a modern car. You're in big trouble. What about uh, what about putting uh, various oils in? lawn equipment, things like that, Kevin. Do you recommend just because of temperature and lack of use go with uh, with synthetic oils? Um, well, again, you, you want to actually be really careful, uh, particularly with small engines. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes the, the recommendation, so for example, they might recommend a, a 30 weight, so an SAE 30 oil. And we, we get asked the question often about whether uh, can I just use the 5W30 that I've got sitting on the shelf of my garage that I use in my car. Mm-hmm. And we have to remind people that the SAE 30 weight is essentially the, the when the, when that oil was made, it was intended it was made to meet a 30 weight uh, at say at temp, a regular temperature. But that you have to remember that a 5W30 is designed to behave like a a five weight at cold temperature, and then as the engine warms up, the additive uh, expands and makes that 
five-weight oil now behave more like a 30-weight. But there are differences between a straight-grade SAE30 mm-hmm. and a 5W30. Mm-hmm. So when for small engines, you really want to make sure you're using exactly the oil that's been recommended. Um, and sometimes they may not recommend, for example, a, an oil that's a higher-performing oil that be, would be called a synthetic, for example. They may say don't use that. Um, so you, you, this goes back to your, your suggestion earlier that no matter what, before, before you put oil in the engine, you really want to check the manual to see what it recommends. Because right. uh, engine oils are today, uh, it's, not all oils are the same, um, and engine oils um, can be formulated in multiple ways. They do meet a common standard for that API set, but you need to think about engine oil kind of like you do transmission fluid. You want to make sure you get exactly the right oil that's recommended. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and 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 as you said once again, we'll emphasize: ask if you're going in to have your oil changed. You know, what are you putting in there? Um, and uh, I would imagine if you said hey, this has the API starburst star too, the guy might say, "Huh." <laughs> What's exactly. <laughs> well, that's a, that's a good question. Um, and then uh, not only, I would ask, if I can't give you an answer, uh, personally, I, I wouldn't necessarily let them pump it uh, in. put that oil in. Right. Um, I've, I've been known to, uh, to ask for a different oil to be put into my car when I found out what I was about to get. Uh, it's just comforting to see it like it come out of the bottle, you know, a known brand where you can yeah, look at that's it. that's right. And you're like, that's what it is. The guy probably did not reseal the bottles, you know. Uh, it's nice to see, oh, see an op- fresh open case coming in and, and do it. But, hey, uh, this is really great information, Kevin. We'll have to have you back to talk about some other petroleum uh, uh, uh not issues really, but facts, I mm-hmm. would say, sometime in the future, because it's great for people to know what to do with this. If they want to get more information, uh, is there a website for the American Petroleum uh, Institute? Absolutely. It's www.api, American Petroleum Institute, but just api.org, O-R-G. All right. That's great. Kevin Ferrick, Director of API Product Programs. We appreciate it. Uh, really enlightening when it comes to uh, all these ratings for oil and something people should be paying a lot more attention to because, uh, hey, you know, you, if you put bad oil in your engine, things don't go well. Right, Les? Without question. All right. Well, we appreciate you listening to the show. Don't forget to check us out at cruisecontrolradio.com, and we'll see you down the road. Bye-bye. Cruise Control Radio is your on-air automotive magazine. Go to www.cruisecontrolradio.com for more information.